Sometimes I find that words can be unnecessarily confusing. Hello and welcome to this week's Urgent Bite, brought to you by the Royal New Zealand College of Urgent Care. My name is Guy Melrose and today I wanted to make a quick mention of herpangina. I've mentioned before how the language we use in medicine, while often named so in a fascinating way, can be potentially confusing to patients and cause misunderstanding. As we come out of winter here in New Zealand, you will all have no doubt run into your fair share of viral infections, and apart from the one that will not be named, there are so many others that we see throughout winter, usually in younger children, but we do not usually name them. They either get chalked up as non-specific viral illness, or perhaps we give them a name like hand, foot and mouth. This is true of the diagnosis herpangina. This painful viral condition causes very painful ulcers in the mouth and throat and is caused by enteroviruses, of which there are a number. The actual virus causing it, according to Dermnet, is often one of the Coxsackie A or B viruses, but it can also be echoviruses, enterovirus 71, herpes simplex, paracovirus and adenoviruses. Yet we usually will call it viral herpangina and just leave it at that. Now when I stopped to consider this condition, I actually wondered why do we call it herpangina? On the face of it to me it was not clear, but the fact it had herpes in the name perhaps linked to the herpes simplex that causes it. But as for why it had angina in the name was a mystery. And as I thought a little longer on this, it occurred to me that a parent, on hearing this name, may also get confused. So I thought I'd have a look at why it's called herpangina. Well, it seems that it's named after herpes and angina. Herpes is the Greek for creep, which has always made sense to me when thinking about shingles, but not so much for this condition. But I suppose it must creep up on the patient. And angina comes from the Latin angeri, which means to choke or squeeze together. What I did not know was that angina, historically referred to a throat infection back in the 1500s, referring to the strangling or squeezing of the throat from a severe tonsillitis or quinsy. The more common modern day use of the term angina these days obviously relates to angina pectoris, being a squeezing of the chest rather than the throat, although, of course, it can radiate to the throat. And we must all be aware of Ludwig's angina, the severe cellulitis of the mouth and neck that needs very prompt referral to hospital. So it seems that herpangina refers to a painful mouth and throat condition that creeps up on us from an infection of one of many common enteroviruses. So on reflection, Calling it herpangina seems a little bit silly and perhaps confusing to parents. So perhaps we should be just simply calling it what it is, which is a viral infection that causes painful ulcers, and that way we avoid any confusion. So 
yet another example of etymology at play in medicine, but perhaps this one is one we're probably best off not remembering. But for further reading, do check out the Dermnet page on Herpangina, which is in the show notes, and also have a quick refresh of the Stat Pearls page on Ludwig's angina, because even if the name might seem a bit silly, it's certainly worth us reviewing Herpangina, as we will no doubt see lots and lots of it every winter. Hopefully Ludwig's angina we'll see slightly less of. I will be back again next week with another podcast. I look forward to seeing you all then, but for now, thanks for listening.